Welcome to Family Law Talk, presented by Kirk Stange of Stange Law Firm, PC. Stange Law Firm is a family law firm in the St. Louis metro area with offices in Missouri and Illinois. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stange. Hello, my name is Kirk Stange, managing partner of Stange Law Firm PC. Welcome to our edition of Family Law Talk with Stange Law Firm PC today. Today we're going to be talking about an article on our webpage known as FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, dated August 18, 2012. The title of the article is Peace Through Strength in Family Law Litigation. But before we get to the topic today, I should state that the choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Additionally, the information that you obtain today in the podcast is general in nature and may not apply to specific factual or legal circumstance. All of that said, uh, welcome everybody today to our edition of Family Law Talk with Stangy Law Firm today. Again, the topic today is peace through strength in family law litigation. Uh, This is a topic that comes up a lot uh in our cases it's dengue law firm uh if we took a survey i would say of most of our clients that come to the door and you and you just ask clients would you like to have a settled family law case that's completed amicably uh, that works for you and that works for the for your husband or wife or the other parent and that works for the kids or would you choose to have a contested nasty drawn out family law case that goes to trial and takes months and months maybe more than a year and cost uh lots of money of course you know easily 90 plus percent of the the people that walk through our door would say absolutely I want to settle the case I want an amicable resolution I want a resolution that works for me and that works for uh my soon to be ex spouse or the other parent and the kids and of course I'd like to spend as little in fees as I can to accomplish that goal I think uniformly that that is almost always the objective of most of the people coming through the door and in this day and age, there are a lot of people out there interested in mediation, interested in collaborative law, and legitimately so. If parties can settle a case through mediation and reach a resolution that's amicable, there's just no question that that is the best way for the parties to try to resolve their family law case. It keeps the fees down, keeps the parties out of court, helps uh, clients out there uh, reach uh, amicable resolutions, uh, and, and it's just there's just no question that's the best approach. The dilemma out there is this, and uh, you know, recently I was talking to an individual, and, and one of the questions they said to me is, "Well, Kirk, how how can clients keep fees down, and and how can cases settle, and and what's the best overall approach to get clients there?" And I think that's a question a lot of people out there ask themselves. And and here's the dilemma, which is, at the end of the day, the the ability of the parties to settle and reach an amicable resolution really comes down to the parties. Uh, you know, there's lots of good attorneys out there. The most good attorneys out there are happy to settle, client, uh, uh, settle a client's case. Uh, they're happy to conclude the case quickly and amicably and with the least amount of fees. The dilemma is, is reasonableness is in the eye of the beholder. As I often tell uh, clients at the firm and potential clients, which which means this specifically, which is what might be reasonable to the husband to conclude a divorce, for example, might be the complete opposite of what the wife has in mind. And so the husband sitting on one side of the table might think that the offer they're putting forth 
in their proposals and viewpoints and how the case could should conclude. Uh, their viewpoint might turn out to be the exact opposite viewpoint uh, of the other spouse. So let's get let's give some examples. Uh, you know, lots of lots of men who who come through our firm and come for initial consultations. If you ask them what they might want to seek in terms of a custody case, and again, I'm generalizing. There's lots of variants, obviously, but there's a good chunk or a good portion. Uh, of the men who come through the door, for example, and they say that they want 50-50 custody. You know, they want to be as involved in their kid's life as the wife. And then on the flip end, again, I'm generalizing, but if I talk to a lot of the ladies that come through the door here at our firm, a lot of the ladies would say, you know, the dad ought to get like every other weekend, maybe a night during the week and some extra time in the summer, but 50-50 custody, there's just no way, um, you know, that's not going to be good for the kids. And, 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 that type of situation underscores a difficulty in getting a family law case or a divorce resolved amicably because husband, in his viewpoint, thinks it's totally reasonable that he should have 50-50 custody. And his viewpoint in this hypothetical situation is if my wife would simply agree to 50-50 custody, then we could get this case done like now. It, it, it could be over with. And then on the flip end, uh, you know, the wife is thinking the exact same thing, except she has a different viewpoint in terms of how the case ought to settle. So wife on the other end of the table is thinking, well, gosh, if husband would just agree to every other weekend at a night during the week and some extra time in the summer, we could get this case done tomorrow. And if he would just be reasonable, this whole situation uh, could be resolved. The case could be ended. We'd spend less in attorney fees. We wouldn't have to go through months and months of litigation, and, and this case could be could be over with. So you could take that hypothetical and you could break it down to just about any issue out there. It could be a maintenance issue where one party wants it, Maybe the other party doesn't want to pay it, or there's just a huge difference in terms of the amount. It could be the same for child support, for example. One party might be willing to pay it, but the other party thinks the amount being offered is way too low. And you could get into this with retirement accounts, uh, with things like houses and automobiles and other investment accounts. Uh, the truth is, most people want to settle these cases. You know, nobody wants to spend a lot of money on attorneys. Uh, the dilemma, again, is reasonableness is in the eye of the beholder. What might be reasonable to one party in a family law case might be the exact opposite of what the other party has in mind. And so, you know, with all of that said, I think any, any good family law attorney out of the gates uh, can take a pretty quick assessment of a family law case. And, and you can look at what uh, your client's goals are and, and compare that to the goals of the other party in, in a general sense. I think it's often easy early out of the gates to know whether this is a case where there's an extreme likelihood that it can settle quickly and amicably or whether or not this might be a situation where the parties are far apart that might be difficult. So, so, the, so in saying that uh, to the listeners out there, if you have a family law case and a family law situation where you and your soon-to-be ex-spouse or you, in the case of a paternity case, you and the other parent have just totally different views on how your case might resolve, then, then what you have really is, uh, is, a, is a couple options. Uh, you know, at our firm, we think mediation and collaborative law is a good thing, uh, and it's certainly an option that, that parties uh, at least ought to explore. Uh, certainly doesn't hurt to sit down with a mediator uh, and try to resolve the case. It can save parties lots of money in attorney fees. Uh, lots of time, lots of expense, 
But again, uh, the situation is really this, is both the parties have to be open uh, and willing and, and really have to embrace the idea of compromise for it to work. And then on, on another end of the spectrum, you know, it's better to try to do that collaborative uh, law process or that mediation process before the divorce is actually filed. Because if you if you do it before the divorce is filed, you're not running up against a time clock. You don't have court dates coming up. You don't have hearings set. Uh, there's not subpoenas flying and other discovery that can make uh, the process of trying to settle the case, I mean, really difficult. So, again, if you want to try to mediate, you want to try to do collaborative law, I think most attorneys out there would agree that you do that before you actually file the divorce case in most in most general cases because filing divorce often sets off this litigation path. All right, and so in saying all of that, what what do you do if you've tried to mediate and it didn't work, or you tried the collaborative law process and it didn't work, and somebody actually just went ahead and filed a divorce uh, at the courthouse. And that's what we see a lot of. A lot of parties not even attempting mediation, maybe not even attempting collaborative law, and one of the parties in kind of a period of distrust just fires off that divorce pleading, hires an attorney, gets that divorce filed, and now all of a sudden there's a court case in front of a judge, and, and hearings are being set, and things like settlement conferences, pretrial conferences. Uh, I mean, once that situation uh, begins, you know, what's the wise approach uh, for parties out there going through a divorce or family law case? And this is what gets to the kind of the heart of the article what we're talking about in, in the article titled "Peace Through Strength in Family Law Litigation." Again, this is dated uh, August 18, 2012. If you want to read the article as a follow-up. Uh, you can go to our webpage, www.familylawheadquarters.com, and you can search for this article. But it's it's really a pretty simple concept, which is this, which is once a divorce has been filed, uh, once it's pending and it's before a judge and you have a case number, uh, the truth of the matter is at that point there's kind of a limited window to try to get this case settled out of the gates. Uh, family law courts like to move these cases. They don't want them sitting on their dockets for long periods of time. And so once that case gets filed, court dates start getting set. And so, you know, from from that point in time, I think this is where there there has to be a turn in terms of how the case is being handled. And, and this is, again, where we would say peace through strength is often the way uh, to handle the family law case once once that divorce filing or paternity filing has actually been made at the courthouse. So what does that mean? That means, look, you've tried to settle the case. Maybe you've tried it in mediation. Uh, maybe you've sent some settlement offers off early in the case, and the truth is the parties are just far apart. They've got different viewpoints. Take my hypothetical again. Let's say the husband wants 50-50 custody and the wife just wants every other weekend, and there's really no way to bridge that gap, uh, at least at, at that moment in time. Then, then what's the wise approach? The wise approach is for a client to allow their attorney to begin working that case up the right way, which means in a family law case, uh, things like interrogatories and requests for production uh, uh, need to be explored and, and in most cases issued. Now, what what's an interrogatory and a request for production? A lot of you might ask, it's this. An interrogatory is a written question uh, that uh, is served on the other party uh, for them to answer. And then in a similar vein, a request for production is when you ask the other party in a family law case to produce a certain document or produce certain uh, evidence in their custody and control. So 
you know, these can be wide ranging. It can be on a multiplicity of issues. But just to break this down for for the listeners out there, take my hypothetical again, which is a situation where a husband wants 50-50 custody and, and wife wants husband to have every other weekend a night during the week. What would be a good interrogatory? Uh, if you represented husband, a good interrogatory to wife might be, uh, uh, why is it that you're against 50-50 custody in essence? Obviously, you word that more artfully, but you would serve the question that just says, states, explain all the reasons out there that, that you think I am not worthy of having 50-50 custody or that it's not in the best interest of the kids. And then on the flip end, the wife could serve the same type of interrogatory on the husband, which is, well, why do you think 50-50 custody is in the best interest of the kids? Why not... Why not every other weekend? And then in terms of requests for productions, uh, it can hit the same point, which is the husband can ask the wife, for example, to produce all the evidence in her custody and control to show why uh, 50-50 custody is not in the best interest of, the, of the, chi- the kids in this case. And then on the flip end, the wife could serve the same or similar type of request for production on husband to state, Give me all evidence in your custody and control to show why every other weekend isn't in the best interest of the kids. And see, by doing this, both the parties actually prepare their case uh, uh, for potential hearings and court dates and information is obtained. And, and, and the clients are in a better position at this point, uh, either A, to settle, because at this point they start breaking down the reasons why they have different viewpoints of the world and different viewpoints of what's reasonable. And, and, and the hope is that maybe through doing this there can be some understanding. Uh, for, from an attorney standpoint, I can tell the listeners out there, for me it's a good thing to have this information because – by having this discovery, at least I know what the other side's perspective is. I know what their viewpoint is of the world. You know, in, in dealing with clients, there's a tendency for an attorney to, you know, hear the client's story and, and then want to believe that story in its entirety. But it's, it, you know, we we all know that there's two sides to every story, and so interrogatories could be crucial to crucial to obtaining the other side of the story. And same with these requests for productions. And, you know. In addition to all this, is if this case ends up going to hearing or it ends up going to a trial, then at least uh, you you're not going to be surprised at trial. There's not going to be an ambush. There's not going to be the secret evidence pulled out in a Perry Mason moment uh, that that's a surprise. And so that's where interrogatories and requests for production are a good thing. And then from there, the case can't settle. It can't resolve. This is where a deposition of an opposing party in a family law case is useful. Uh, for me, it's very helpful to sit down with the other party in a case and, and really a non-confrontational type way and just state, like if I've got the husband in this case, um, looking at wife, I just state, tell me your side of the story. Why is 50-50 custody not in the best interest of the kids? And the wife's attorney on the flip end can ask husband the same question. Why do you want 50-50? Why is every other weekend not the proper approach here? And by doing this, you flesh out, again, you, you, you help flesh out the reasons why there's a disagreement. And this either, A, helps lead to some sort of understanding uh, between the parties, at least they hear the other side's viewpoint. And then, B, at least from an attorney standpoint, if, if the parties still can't agree, at least as an attorney, the attorney knows what they're stepping into, and they know what to expect at trial. And that won't be a surprise. In the article, we give a hypothetical or uh, which is this Tiger Woods analogy, which is, you know, Tiger Woods, when he plays golf in an important tournament, you know, he doesn't just walk up to that golf course 
and just play it. I mean, you know, somebody like Tiger Woods or any professional out there, you know, they're going to want to map of that golf course. They're going to want to walk it. They're going to check where the turns are at. They're going to want to check where the sand traps are at. I mean, where the where the difficulties are at in that golf course, and in that way, they know what to expect. And a deposition really does the same thing for an attorney trying a family law case because by doing a deposition of the opposing party, at least they've looked that other party in the eyes, they've heard their side of the story, and the attorney's now at this point gotten both sides of the story and has a greater understanding of either a, uh, you know, what the other side's perspective is, so they can try the case, or b, you know, if there's a weakness in their client's case. Uh, I think it's easier at that point for the attorney to go back to their client and say, listen, I know you want X, Y, or Z result, but as you recall, I did the deposition of your wife uh, or the mom, the other party in this case, and, and you know what she's saying is X, Y, or Z, which is, which is kind of a different story than I've heard the whole time. So maybe, maybe at this point you want to contemplate sort of moving to the middle or trying to kind of revisit what your goals are in the case. And, and, and I can tell you, and you know, doing family law 13 years, I have settled a lot of cases that didn't settle initially uh, at the depositions or after the depositions, because at that point the facts become pretty darn clear. So, you know, in saying all this, the question I get from a lot of people out there um, is sort of this initial hesitancy, which is, so you want to do interrogatories and requests for production, you want to do depositions, but at the same time, you're saying settlement's a good thing. Help me, help me understand the difference, because, you know, my worry is that by doing depositions and interrogatories and request for production, you're actually maybe stirring the pot, making things more acrimonious, and it might make it harder uh, to settle. And I would just say this in response to people out there that, that have that viewpoint. Uh, again, the time to really try to settle is before you file that family law case. Go to mediation. Go to collaborative law. Uh, do that path. That's a good thing. That's a good way to try to settle a family law case, absolutely. And if you can settle at mediation through the collaborative process, that's fantastic. And that's certainly preferred uh, to litigation. I'd encourage all the listeners out there to explore that pass. But on the flip end, if that doesn't work and then that family law case is filed and a settlement can't be reached early in the family law case, then, look, the case has to be worked up at that point. An attorney's got to do interrogatories and requests, and then a deposition near the trial date, uh, and then if experts need to be obtained, like a real estate appraiser or uh, maybe a business evaluation expert. I mean, you've got to do all that stuff because, again, that, that will do one of two things. That will either, A, help understanding exist to where you know both sides better understand the other party's perspective and maybe that leads to a settlement and then if not you know just like a sports game where you got a clock that's ticking uh that game's going to end at some point and in a family law case uh, that means the judge is going to set that case for trial at some point at some point the case is going to pen long enough and the judge is going to say we need to do a trial and we just need to end this case uh, once and for all since settlement hasn't worked and if that day arises for any of you listeners out there, you want your attorney to be ready for trial. You want them to have the information that they need. Uh, you want them uh, to have the experts obtained. You want the depositions, the requests for production, the interrogatories. You want that all done because that's how your attorney can be of the best use to you. They'll be armed with the facts at that point. They'll be armed to put your best case forward. And then at least, if your case has to be tried, uh, you will walk away from that trial thinking, you know what, <clears throat> my attorney understood the facts of the case, understood the issues out there, 
no matter how the judge came down on the case, at least I feel like my side of the story was told. And that's what I think any family law client wants if they've ever had to endure the hardship of a family law trial, which is, look, my case was put on. Uh, either the judge agreed with me or didn't, but at least my side was heard. And, and, and I think at the end of the day, that's all any, any party going through a family law case can ask for, is that the judge hear their perspective. All right, well, <clears throat> that concludes our episode of Family Law Talk here today. Uh, appreciate all the listeners uh, listening to us here today, and stay tuned for our next ep- episode of Family Law Talk with Stengy Law Firm coming to you shortly. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stengy. Visit StengyLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stengy Law Firm to work for your family today.